right. On episode 99. <laughs> Teach, man. Teach came from the top ropes. You know, normally, you know, when we, <laughs> yo, normally we report these stories, y'all. And we don't really, you know, say names. We just make reports. Not Tish, though. You know, Tish, she going to throw a name in here. She already dissed Joe Biden at one time. They ain't on business. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> so, but she was talking about something that came out. And um, when it came out, an article from uh, Force Houlihan, right? NPC, Force Master Chief, Bill Houlihan. He, uh, a Facebook post he made about it. Uh, Tish had read it and she had some thoughts about that. You know, so we talked about it on a pod. <laughs> Somehow, you know, uh, Force heard it. You know, yeah, he, you know, it, it made it to his ears, you know, and he reached out, you know, he reached out, hit Damon up and he said he was coming, he was pulling up. He said she had smoke, you know, <laughs> Force said he was pulling up, man. So we got Force with us. Uh, he, we got Force on the pod, man. He want to holler at us about this, this Nav admin and a, a bunch of other things. Right. So just, just to be transparent, pre-recorded, we, we talked to him and the next, you know, the next thing y'all about to hear is our conversation with Force. After that, we're going to come back and we got some more stuff to talk about on this pod. The following views expressed are those of the speakers and do not represent the views of DOD arts components. Pay attention because you are now listening to Permission to Speak Freely. 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 First off, hey, thank you for coming on. Um, we had uh, we was talking about a net, the nav admin about the pregnancy and some kind of way it got back to you because you reached out to me, right? Um, first, let's start right there. Uh, yeah, Bill, if you could just tell us a little bit about the spirit of why the nav admin came about in the first place. Yeah, there was a couple different reasons. Um, we wanted to be sure that if a woman gets pregnant, that that's not going to professionally damage her. And and the way that we looked at that. Um, one way is the way that we distribute uh, pregnant sailors. In the past, uh, a sailor would get pregnant. They would go up to, what, 20 weeks um, at their command, if they're a seagoing command. Then they would transfer to a shore duty command. But there was no real thought given to whether or not that sailor would be working within her rating or within her community or even what pay grade or job she had. Um, and inevitably... That's going to keep her, to, that's going to prevent her from being competitive for advancement. Um, whether it's just being away from her rating or lacking the opportunity to be ranked amongst her peers or simply just not having a job that is within her skill set. And so that was our first goal of that NAV admin and that policy change was to make sure that if a, a pregnant woman is going to be assigned during pregnancy, we would do everything possible to put her into an in-rate assignment. Um, and then we wanted to be sure that we gave her not just a year, but a two-year assignment there that gives her an opportunity to get at least one, if not two, evaluations within her rating, mm -hmm. ranked against her peers at that command. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Second, The second portion of that NAV admin um, that, really, uh, that really was something we'd been trying to look at really hard. And that is, what are we doing for women who have the unfortunate circumstances of going through a miscarriage or a stillbirth? Mm -hmm. And um, and what are they being afforded in terms of recovery time? Um, I, I wasn't positive, and I don't know if the Navy was positive, if every command was saying to a sailor, we know that this has got to be a traumatic event. 
We know that this has got to be hurting you emotionally. Um, and we need to give you time to recover from that. Um, and so the second part of that nav admin, uh, encourages convalescent leave for those who have gone through what's called a perinatal event. Um, I think ultimately what we're talking about here is, is pretty much exactly what I said. Um, not enough of us, not enough people, whether, and let's just say it, not enough guys like me understand what it's like for a woman to go through that kind of thing. Um, and it's time for us to acknowledge that we don't understand that and, and take feedback from people in the fleet who have told us that that's a problem. And when I tell you I had feedback on that, I had feedback on that. I had feedback from uh, the women who work with me at NPC and then any woman that I spoke with at any all hands call I've done for the last two or three years. Um, and it's not like it was hard to do. It was the right thing to do. And it just took a few people to open our eyes to it. And I'm glad that they did. Yeah, most definitely. I've seen in cases where the doctor would give a convalescent period for ladies that have um, miscarriages, but I've mm -hmm. also seen where the doctor does not give that and then the saver has to go right back out to sea and, and they're still carrying that grief with them. Yeah, that that's something that we have. That's something we have to be better at. I, I'll tell you what that and that is something that I feel strongly about. And I know that my boss does. And so does CNP and fleet Terrell. Um, you know, we don't have enough women leading our enlisted force. I'll mm -hmm. tell you that right now. Mm. And, and, and this is a situation where a woman could come to me and say, yeah, you want me to be a master chief? Well, how about you give me time? And, um, you also keep me competitive if I choose to have a baby. Okay. And how about you treat me like a human being if I have the misfortune of having a miscarriage? And then I'll talk to you about how long I'm going to stay in the Navy. That's a very fair conversation for a woman to have with me, frankly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And until, until we can start doing things like this, then I don't know that it's, um, I don't know that, uh, we can rightfully expect, uh, women to see our service as a viable career to raise a family. I think this is a big step in getting us there. I truly do. How many people is it going to affect? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, it should affect our entire Navy because it is proof that we are looking out for families and potential families, you know? Um, and so even if you're not going to have a baby Tisha and I don't know if you have or will, but you should at least know that if you choose to, that, um, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you have a healthy baby and that you remain, uh, competitive to rise through the ranks of the enlisted force. Mm. Nice. Even though I've had my time and I'm retired now, but oh, I did have go. two babies. All I did right. have two babies in the Navy. Um, so yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I just talked go, about. Go I just talked about women, and we just we we just had an episode. We didn't put it out yet, though. But we talked about women yeah. in the Navy, and if I wanted my daughter to join. My question about this nav admin, and like many other nav admins, yeah. is is this. Because I know you said uh, the word's been had, you heard about it, you know, it's, it's a process. And like, yep. for, like, so when Vanessa Guillen died and they tried to pass that law, our family had to go over to the White House multiple times, multiple times. So they had to knock on that door multiple times. So my question is for nav admins like these, is it like one of those mm -hmm. things where they knock on the door once and then you got to come back around and come back around? Like, what's the process on something like this? 
You know, um, if you want to talk about the guts of a NAV admin and the process by which it's approved and things like that, there's a lot of different office codes that happen with it. And I don't think any, any particular hell, if it's a NAV admin that, that, that affects people, I'll take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so regarding the pregnancy NAV admin, I'll take responsibility for this. I'll take responsibility for the line that made it into that NAV admin that said C duty credit will not be provided for those who have served uh, before getting pregnant. Okay. Uh So let's get that out there. I will take credit for that or I'll take responsibility for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But since that NAV admin has come out, um, the feedback from the fleet has been overwhelming and all of it, all of it dealt with that sentence. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yesterday, um, after some, some good conversation, we released an addendum to that and it's called the distribution guidance memorandum. And this is, and it's by the way, that's been released online. Um, and all of your C, all CMCs have it and it's, it should be populating everywhere. Mm-hmm. But that distribution guidance memo specifies that if a woman does less than 50% of her C time before getting pregnant, she is not going to get C duty credit after the two year pregnancy tour okay but if she's done between 50 and 74 percent she will receive c duty credit for the time that she served at sea mm-hmm. and that comes after her pregnancy tour if she's done more than 75 percent or more than 74 percent she will instead of that two-year pregnancy tour that turns into a three-year shore sure duty, duty tour yeah. yep and then she goes right back into her seashore flow um so what that does, that compensates for the line in that nav admin that says we're not giving C duty credit. We are giving C duty credit and mm-hmm. we're doing it because of the amount of, because people opened their eyes to that, that aspect of the nav admin and the impact that it would have. Yeah. Hey, Bill. So, uh, where does that feedback come from? So, for instance, like I looked at your LinkedIn and I looked at the, I looked at the comments on the LinkedIn. A couple of, you know, just like, just like we all know, a couple of people was upset at those comments on that LinkedIn. Yeah. But outside of social media, yeah. Where, where else yeah. does is a lot of that feedback just coming from social media like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, stuff like that? Some of it, some of it is, and we'd be idiots to ignore it. Mm. Honestly, I mean, if you think we're going to ignore social media, you got another thing coming yeah. because that is that's ridiculous. So we do we do look at that. We have our public affairs officers who uh, gather uh, feedback via social media, or we just see it ourselves. Um, but I'll tell you something else. I had the CMCs go out and talk to their sailors. Mm-hmm. As soon as I heard an inkling of that, I had the CMCs go out and talk. And let me tell you something else. Guess who had the loudest voices when it came to this this topic? Men? Haters? Men? <laughs> I'm saying haters. That ain't Bill saying haters. I'm saying haters. No, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who. And I'm talking about a specific group. How about the detailers? Oh. How about the detailers mm-hmm. that came? How, how about the detailers? Yeah. No, listen, listen. How about the detailers who came down to my office and said, this is not fair for our sailors? Mm. Who said, this is not mm-hmm. a fair way to treat women. Okay. And I'm not talking uh-huh. about just women detailers. I'm talking about men and women detailers who, as wow. soon as that nav, in, nav admin came out, came down to my office one after the other and asked me, what are you doing to change this? Damn. And then, but that was yep. that that Shout was that line, right? You talk about that, like that line that they were talking. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So they it was like yeah. the sanity yeah. check. It was they they called it sanity check. Yes, nice. And, yes. and we all need absolutely. One of those. Uh, yep. You know, we all. Need yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Teach yeah. what what other questions? Because I know that's this is big for the women, and, and I, I don't want to step on that. So, what other questions and thoughts you got for Bill about this that subject? 
I don't think I have any questions. Uh, I appreciate them coming on. I appreciate you coming on and, you know, clarifying and giving us the the background scoop of how everything went down and how everything is now being made right now that everything is yeah. coming to light. You know, I, I don't think that we are a perfect Navy. I think that, you know, some we do what we think is best. And then sometimes we find out after the fact that, you know, maybe it wasn't. And um, I appreciate you and, and everyone else who sat back and they listened to the feedback and then quickly came in and made that change because that's something that's very big for a sailor when it comes, a female sailor when it comes to family planning versus yes. career. Even, even in, you know, senior leadership, a lot of times we have to figure out that balance between, um, family planning and career. Um, yeah. And then it gets even more convoluted when you're dual meal. <laughs> because yes. it's like, yeah. you know, you have to, who's going to sacrifice. And um, so I, I really do appreciate, you know, everyone coming together and figuring out how do we, how do we make this right? And I would say the entire NAV admin, like it had a lot of great things in there and great initiatives. And then, you know, it kind of got thrown to the wayside and I, I'm part of that problem. Yeah, because <laughs> you called me, listen, got tripped over <laughs> let it. her know, Bill. Yeah, let yeah, her know. I, rem I remember, <laughs> you know what? You called me a joker. That's what I'm like. Oh, no, she didn't. I'm going to, I'm going on that show. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, all right, we can go there. Um, so, you, you know, it's funny. Um, it's funny. I, I've got a seven-year-old granddaughter, which is why I had to be interrupted to talk to my daughter. We go to Dunkin' Donuts every Friday, right? And um, last Friday, um, we went to Dunkin' Donuts, and I always get her two strawberry sprinkled donuts. Well, on this particular Friday, I decided to get her one. I felt it was a healthier choice. Mm -hmm. And she threw a tantrum. <laughs> tantrum. I'm like, man, I got you a strawberry sprinkled donut, and this is the gratitude I get, right? That nav admin... That was my strawberry sprinkled donut. Yeah. I swear, I, man, I thought we were doing Just something great. I promise you. But you know what? It, that strawberry sprinkled donut wasn't good enough for the Navy. I'm telling you. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. It's all right. Sometimes we need to be reminded of it, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Hey, Bill, yeah. Are you a girl? Yeah. Are you a girl dad or do you have any sons? Dude. I saw a bunch dude, of the girls. I'm a girl. I'm a girl dad. Yeah, me too, man. Shout and, out to the girl dad. Hey, you know what? Well I'll, well, I'll tell you something. Um, you know, being a girl dad's different. It is. And, and you know, maybe maybe that opens my eyes to situations like this. Mm -hmm. It does. And, and because I do have to answer that question. Do I want my daughters, would I want my daughters to join the Navy? Um, and, and I don't know that I would want my daughters to join a Navy that doesn't want to value uh, their role as mothers if they choose to go yeah, that route. That's crazy. Okay. Um, and, and I'll tell you what. I, I don't want my daughters to join a Navy where they have to worry about being sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. I don't want them. I don't want to mm -hmm. have to worry about my daughter going to sea. Okay. Um, so I'll tell you what, um, we're, we're going to fix that too, man. And, and we're not going to fix it through GMT and we're not going to fix it through policy. We're going to fix it through people being good people. You know, um, we're going to fix it by people taking care of one another. And if they get an inkling that there's a predator on their ship, that they take, you know, that they report it, they do what they have to do, man. Um, because uh, we have good people in the Navy who deserve to be treated well. Mm -hmm. And and that is no way to treat a person, you know. So if I'm a dad of girls, those are the things I think about, you know. And if that helps me be a better leader, then good. Let's go. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Before we get before we get off the nav admin, um, I just want to say I just want to say this. It's really not a question though. Is that when you're talking about being competitive, right? This this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. This is this is how we're gonna have more. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. senior female, you know, in the Navy by them being competitive. Cause you're right. Sometimes they go to shore duty and they just get sitting somewhere. So man, I love all that about yep. the Nav Admin. I, and I was reading the Nav Admin. I was like, Tish, like, man, all this stuff is great, 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 great. You know, and then of course that portion of it, man. But I just want to say that the fact that you can go somewhere and still be competitive. That's what's gonna gonna make and break yeah. the senior mm-hmm. when it comes to senior people in the navy for females. Yeah, I'll tell you oh, something. Yeah. Um, I'll go full. I'll go full navy right now on you and tell you that um, you've heard of get real, get better. Yeah. Um, I, if this isn't the very definition of get real, get better, where we identify a problem, go to fix it, and our fix required feedback to fix it better. I mean, holy cow! If that isn't the very definition of that, then um, then mm-hmm. yeah. That, but Damon. It, it has to be about competition. We have got to give people uh, the opportunity to compete for the next pay grade, you know, um, and the Navy wide advancement exam, maybe not, may, may not be the ultimate key on that. And that's why we're doing stuff like advanced position and senior enlisted marketplace. But I can't do senior enlisted marketplace on one hand and ask everybody to compete and then tell a woman that she can't compete because she dared to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we've got to find middle ground there. You brought up sexual assault. Right. And, and we, yeah. we, we, we not for the listeners, y'all, we not going to dive into sexual assault, but I want to dive into some things that like a uh, big Navy, right. The people we call big Navy says, right. Cause we talk a lot about mental health. We talk a lot about sexual assault. We talk a lot about that stuff and yeah. we talk about it a lot every year. And from what yeah. I see a lot, like on the big Navy side is big Navy seems to pinpoint the things that need to be pinpointed somewhere mm-hmm. though. It's a disconnect somewhere. Um, for some of these things, because the numbers, you know, some of the percentages, they go higher, they, not, they, they don't change. Do we have anybody trying to figure out where that disconnect lies? In terms of, of just behavior, in terms of sexual assault, specifically in, ter- in terms of what? I mean, yes. Yeah, in, yeah. Terms of, <laughs> in terms of the behavior, and not just sexual assault, just it's a lot, yeah. of, it's a lot of shit, like a lot of incentives that we put out on a, on a higher side, like, uh, yeah. you know, SecNav might put something out. McPom might put something out, uh, fleets forces. Y'all might put some stuff out and it's good stuff. I mean, and the next jet for me, yeah. right. My, my thought process is the next thing to happen would be the chiefs. Right. And I know the chiefs, they always mm-hmm. they, like, but my next thing would be like the chiefs would anchor it and carry it out and make sure that we, you know, we're doing it right. Um, all right, let's talk suicide for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk suicide. How many suicide prevention coordinators do we have at each command? Roughly. Let's go with one. one. Let's go with one. Let's go one. Okay. (laughs) All right. If you were to ask me how many suicide prevention coordinators we have in the Navy, my answer would be 30,000. Yeah. 30,000. We have 30,000 chief petty officers. That should be 30,000 suicide prevention coordinators. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. Nobody sets a tone in a work center, whether it's to, you know, nobody sets a tone like the chief petty officer should be setting the tone. Yeah. Okay. If, if the chief petty officer is setting a tone of, uh, uh and setting the tone that enables a work center to be a place where I want to go and work. If, if we're setting a tone where a sailor knows that they can bring to me a problem and not get a knife hand in return. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If a sailor knows that I give more of a shit about them as a person than I do as a watchstander, 
then I'm telling you suicides will go down. Okay. I am not a marriage. I'm not a marriage counselor. I am not a financial counselor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a sailor comes to me and says they're having marital problems, I'm going to take them to either a chaplain, mm-hmm. a marriage counselor, or maybe I find a chief petty officer who's been married for 20 years, has five kids and has done 12 deployments. And, and she can sit that sailor down and tell him how she's done it. Yeah. You know, um, and it's just a question of treating our sailors like people because that's what their parents expect of us. Yeah. We told their parents we would do that for them. Okay. And so if, if we as a generation of leaders truly treat our sailors as people, I firmly believe that suicides will go down because those suicidal ideations that started as stress and rose to ideations when they were at the stress level, if my sailor could bring that to me and says, Hey chief, man, I'm delinking on my ESWAS and it's getting to me. And what do I do? And I say, okay, wait one. And I call the assistant ESWAS coordinator down to my work center and say, Hey, give my guy an hour, just give him an hour, mm-hmm. you know? And then what happens? That stress does not become an ideation. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just all these things that we've all been through as chiefs, you know, if we could just let our sailors know that we empathize with them and that we listen to them, um, that, that's a great way for mental health to improve. Yeah. Okay. And, and me personally, every article, every article I've read personally about a seller committing suicide, a chief yeah. was involved in that story and not, and not in a good way out of the articles that I've mm-hmm. recently read. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and I I look, I, I am not gonna tell look, there there are people who have who have had problems before they joined the Navy and they maybe mm-hmm. they were exacerbated while they were in. I'm not gonna blame every chief petty officer yeah. whose sailor committed suicide. I'm not gonna blame that on the chief because suicide, you know, that, that's well beyond everything that we talk about. Um yeah. you know, some people just have that something going on. Um but man, I, I know, I know that good leadership can at least help. I know that. Um, And if I had been a better leader when I was a younger chief, um, I I wish I had been. I wish I'd seen this earlier. I do. Yeah. It's it's definitely not our chief. Shout out to y'all, Yoda, for the record. I don't know who's going to be listening to this spot. It's it's definitely not uh, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so I want to go back real quick. I don't know if you got anything on this, but I want to go back to when they were about to change all the rates to numbers and shit. You you remember this? (laughs) I do. Okay. Were you anywhere near this happening or far away from it? Uh, let's see. Uh, where, what, I was a senior chief then, I guess. Um, I was a senior chief on Carl Vinson. Um, I remember. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember the reason behind it. And I remember um, how it went away quickly. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I can't give you, uh, I can't quote the reasoning behind it, but I know that it had a lot to do with um, ratings and it just, Man, I don't want to tell a I don't want to tell a bosun mate that they can't be a bosun mate anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't yeah. want to be a, I don't want to be a BMC going to a folksal and telling our most traditional rating. Sorry, MAs, but bosun mates are. Um, I don't want to tell the bosun mates <laughs> that um, that they can't be bosun mates anymore. Man, I'll tell you what. You go to a weapons department quarters and tell AOs they can't do that friggin' IAOs thing anymore. Okay, and I wonder <laughs> if you're walking out of there alive. All right, yeah. um, right. So it, it looked cooler heads prevailed on that logic prevailed, uh, probably very similar to the pregnancy thing, you know, uh-huh. where sailors kind of rose up and, and said, Nope, we're not standing for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I, I'm pretty proud of the Navy for, for allowing us to admit 
that it may not be the right direction. You yeah. know? So an- another thing that we, you know, we have issues with, I think on the personal side, I talk to a lot of people about that they have issues with is the marketplace, right? Um, yeah. Like on a personal side, I don't know if it's yeah. for lack of like, just lack of just information. Cause I remember me and Damon, yeah. we had gripes about this thing for a while that David was like, Oh shit, it's a gray sheet. Like I felt it right here, like buried under some yeah. other. So, and I know, Hey Damon, you, I know you got questions about this marketplace thing, right? Well, Damon what, got screened yeah, for well, Master Chief. Is that correct? Yeah, Damon got. Yeah, Damon. Yes. Yeah, he got so he's making you call him Master Chief on the show. Is that right? It's been so long that we, we just doing it out of yeah. respect now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so first off, I want to get your thoughts on it, though, on the whole process yeah. of it. And I also want to get yeah. your, because the only thing I really wasn't happy about in the whole reading everything about it was the scoring sheet. So if yeah. I can get if I can get like uh, get that um, the answer for me, okay. Let's go back to why it was created. Okay, why yeah. the senior enlisted marketplace was created, and that is Chief Petty Officer Gaps at Sea, specifically Master Chief Gaps at Sea. Tisha, were you a chief? Yes. Okay, Damo, you are a chief or were a chief? Yeah, Damo. Yeah, I'm a chief. I'm a senior okay. chief. I'm a senior and chief. Da- got it. And Damon, you're a senior chief about to be a master chief. Okay. Yep. As Chief Petty Officers. I don't want to see a friggin' I don't want to see a belt buckle. I don't want to see a t-shirt. I don't want to see an auto signature. I don't want to see a, fran- <laughs> a, a you know a bumper sticker that says I'm the backbone of the Navy when I've got chief petty officers uh, not willing to go to sea. Mm-hmm. If you want to claim that we, that we keep the Navy afloat, then get your ass to sea and lead. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's where we need chiefs. And I'll tell you, um, we are not in a Navy right now that can afford gaps leadership gaps at sea. Whether it's from a war fighting perspective or from a mental health perspective for the same reasons I just talked about. Okay. So we can't have gaps at sea. So what we did is we identified the master chief gaps at sea and we thought to ourselves, if we do an A2P type thing, advanced to position, right? Um, will we have senior chiefs willing to go to sea? to take master chief billets in exchange for being a master chief. Okay. We were convinced that that would happen and we were proven right on that. And senior chiefs have absolutely proven us right. They have Mm -hmm. jumped at every opportunity to be a master chief. We knew that would happen because we know what it's like being a chief, wanting to be a senior chief and a senior chief wanted to be a master chief. Um, So what we had to do is we had, uh, the selection board for Master Chiefs last year was very similar, exactly the same as it's always been, only we called it a screening board. And instead of uh, what we did is we positively screened 115%. So we went 15% over the number of billets we had for Master Chiefs, mm-hmm. okay? And we identified that people like Damon uh, are best and fully qualified to be a Master Chief. We identified him as a screened senior chief and then said, okay, buddy, here's the jobs that we want you to apply for. And if, if you're selected for one of these jobs, then 30 days before you roll to that job, you'll be able to pin on master chief. Okay. How did we determine if more than one person applied for a job, who would get that job? Damon, I think that's what we're talking about, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That boils down to something called the sailor scoring criteria. Okay. Sailor scoring criteria takes things into consideration. Um, experience, um, evals, obviously, uh, performance, but also time at sea, uh, current duty station, um, and a couple other factors. Um, preference, the sailor's preference, 
had something to do with that. Where they fell out when they were ranked by the screening board, mm-hmm. that had a lot to do with it. Um, something that we probably need to look at is Damon, where are you stationed? You don't have to tell uh, me if you don't TM. want, but are you sure? No, 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 sure duty. Okay. And how long you been there? Uh, three years. Okay, buddy. I'm telling you right now, uh, the way the, sh- the way the scoring criteria stands, it's the sea duty rollers who are willing to probably go back to back sea who are going to get more weight than somebody on shore duty. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just a fact. Um, what's your question about that? Yeah. And that's what I didn't. That's the only portion of it that I didn't really agree with because I'm yeah. at, I'm at short duty. I'm ready to roll back to sea also. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready to go also. So, and it was impossible for me to jump the other guys because they already had seen it was like 20 to 30 points. Yeah. And, and as a damage, yeah. I'm a damage control man. As a damage control man, yeah. most of us do the same jobs, right? We kind of do the yeah. same thing. So the, the only the difference between us was the fact that somebody on sea duty and somebody is on shore duty. That was the biggest thing yeah. anyway. Uh, so, so let me tell you something about the sailor scoring criteria um, and things that we're talking about here. Um, we are talking about um, making it a little more flexible for ratings, right? Meaning a D seaman may be, uh, may have a different set of criteria in their, in their sailor scoring criteria than an ABH. Okay. Um, and not only that, but we're going to look at uh, how is sea duty weighted? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we going to look at how much sea time you have over the last five years? Or are we just going to look at your current duty station? Right. Um, that's something that we have to look at too. I, I will tell you that as we incorporate chief petty officers into the senior chief, senior enlisted marketplace, that is something we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Is is it mm-hmm. going to roll down to first classes going for chief as well, or or we can't? Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. Probably not this year, uh, but it, within a couple of years, it's going to happen. So one of the questions a lot of people ask about is how is the um, season process going to work when that does happen? We can do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said that's for y'all to figure, figure it out. out. No, <laughs> no, no. Look, dude. Look, uh, look. I, I we're talking about it, and I, when I say we're talking about mm-hmm. it. It is a, there are, there are a couple different goals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fill sea duty. Okay. Fill chief petty officer jobs at sea. Um, and, and other operational jobs also and maintain the integrity of initiation. Yeah. Okay. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to get rid of initiation. Nobody. Right. And uh, we, I, I firmly believe that we can do this in a way that maintains initiation an effective initiation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and you're talking to, someone who is very affectionate toward initiation. Mm-hmm. And I believe me, we will do whatever we can to maintain initiation. And if you asked me when we put first class petty officers going up for chief into the senior enlisted marketplace, are we going to lose initiation? I will tell you a hundred percent. No, mm-hmm. we will be able to do it. And there are ideas out there um, that will keep initiation pretty much exactly the way it is. Um, mm. But I, I, it's not my call to make, yeah, yeah. and therefore I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what my my plan is because my plan is just a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, another thing that I think some people want clarity on with the with that whole uh, process is w- when evals come around and somebody, for instance, like Damon, yeah. still waiting to put a nine on, but he got to get an eval ranked against a bunch of eight. Can you just give us a little? I know I know a navadman came out 
Um, but can you just give us a little bit of clarity on how that works? Yeah. Um, never before have soft breakouts been so important. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Damon, if one of your comp- if one of your fellow senior chiefs who did not get screened for nine and is ranked or evaluated with you in the same group, um, I had better see on that DCCS's eval or whoever's eval. If not for four screen senior chiefs in the same competitive group, would be my number whatever. Mm. Okay, that that needs to happen. That needs mm. to happen. The boards are prepared for it. Our COs are being trained on it. We are prepared to see that in evals. Okay, um, but while and look, what we're talking about why are why are screen senior chiefs still ranked with other senior chiefs? Mm-hmm. Probably the construct of the eval system. That makes it difficult to put them in a different subcategory. Uh, difficult, but not impossible. Uh, mm-hmm. That should lead into your ENAFIT question, by the way, but we can get to that whenever you'd like. Uh, but it will, you know, we're looking at that too. We're, we're looking at different ways to break out um, and then separate screen senior chiefs and screen chiefs are, yeah. Okay. And, and also with Good that, question. is it? It's really a possibility that you may not get screen. I mean, it may not get selected too, right? See, that's the thing, Damon. What if, what if you're a screen senior chief and you don't choose orders for two years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a possibility you're going to fall back into the, the, the greater population of senior chiefs. And if we have screwed you on your evals for two years, then, you know, because the temptation would be from a CO to say, Hey, Damon's made it. I don't have to give him an EP. Right. But mm-hmm. he, even if he earns it um, and then what happens if he doesn't get a job for two years, then wow, then now we're talking a real problem, you know, um, yeah. but I'll tell you what the conversations that I envision happening at sea is in a chief's mess. Damon sitting next to a screen senior chief or a non screen senior chief and that senior chief saying to Damon, when are you picking a job? And Damon saying something like, oh, I don't know. No, I'm freaking serious. When are you picking a job? You know, because. Damon's holding a spot right there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why those soft breakouts matter. Yeah. Hey, before we talk Enafit, I don't know what other questions y'all got about yep. that. I got a question because I just saw the Mick Pine on Instagram. He shared a clip. He was at he was at the White House and he was talking about getting E3 and below sellers. And I don't know if you saw this yet, Tish. He talked about getting E3 and below sellers, BAH, while in availability period. And then he also said that his his wish is that E3 and below sellers get BAH period because our sellers need to be able to separate work from home. I thought that shit was gold. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was gold, Fire. Bill. Fire. And I'm just interested on um, your opinion on it. Oh my God. If we could do that, I mean, you want to talk about retention? You want to talk about recruiting? Um, you want to talk about quality of life, mental health, anything and ac- across the gamut. You know, that, that would be a a huge win. Um, but we're talking money, right? Mm -hmm. And so where, where Mick Pond said that was in front of Congress and why do our senior leaders go in front of Congress? Um, a lot of times, a lot of times to answer questions about quality of life, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, they're opening Congress's eyes to the fact that we need money for these initiatives, right? Mm Um, it's, it's one thing to say that we, we would like it and we all do, but Mick Pond's up there and he's talking to them because we need money to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great idea. And Mick Pond knows that. And that's his job, man. If you want a definition of the responsibility of a master chief petty officer of the Navy, that's why Dell Black got that job in the first place. 
mm-hmm. was to represent us in front of Congress. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, nice. so back back to Ignat, back to Ignatfit though. Like, uh, my, yeah, what's going on with like what went wrong? <laughs> like, what went wrong with Ignatfit? What you don't love it? No, I love it. Um, Ignatfit uh, is great. It's like a it's like a, yeah. a, a crazy ass bicycle with no wheels. Like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If it works, right? Yeah. Um, right, right. Okay. So until we can get Ignatfit to work at sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to make sure that NAFIT 98 Alpha remains a viable option to write evals on. Okay. We renewed the contract with 98 Alpha. Um, and, and look, we have got to fix eNAFIT. We cannot expect people at sea to use a platform that doesn't work and is too frustrating to work. So until we get it, uh, better, if not perfect, then NAFIT 98 Alpha will stay as a viable, uh, option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all got any? I got some a couple personal questions for you, Bill. Do y'all got Go. any more um, personnel, NPC, professional questions for Bill? Yes, I have one. Um, where do you see the future? I know. So with the advancement exams, yeah. I know the E4 is no longer taking advancement exams. Is that something that was a retention tool? Are we expected to see more like the E5 and E6 exams going away, even chief exams? Or is it just like how we're just kind of doing for right now just to get our numbers up? There is a great appetite for more advanced position. Okay, there is a great Mm -hmm. appetite for for more DMAP. Um, There's a great appetite for more, really, more senior enlisted marketplace. There is a a tremendous appetite for commanding officers to be able to to determine from within their crew, who deserves to be promoted via the map process, right? Um, mm-hmm. The Navy-wide advancement exam uh, serves a purpose, and that is to determine the technical expertise of a sailor going up for the next pay grade. Uh, I can tell you that we are looking at different ways to do that. Is the exam going to go away altogether? Um, I don't think so. Um, but I, I can see more opportunities to advance people outside of the Navy wide advancement exam. It's working too well. Okay. And I'm talking about other, other options of promotion. So uh, I would, I would bet you that we will continue to look at that with an eye toward opening up even more opportunity for advancement that way. Okay. So, so would it be where, where the advancement exam is still in place? It's like a, like a, almost like a, if you get past it, if you pass the advancement exam, now you're eligible for these other um, opportunities or is is it just going to be like those opportunities are what they are without the advancement exam? I, I think let me I think you could see a time where a sailor um, says I'm ready to take the exam and they take the exam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and maybe there's a limit on how many times they can take the exam in a certain t- time period, but they say, I'm and forget about whether it's March or, you know, January or, or November. Um, they're going to take the exam when they're ready. And then if they pass the exam, they're advanced, but there's all you guys know well enough. There's a lot of technicalities that go into that. Right. Um, but I mm-hmm. think you're going to see much more flexibility with the advancement exam process and probably a lot more command advance opportunities. Mm. That's golden. Well, I'm looking right now, You like today we just dropped phase four of the DMAP, right? For damage control yep. and ABEs, right? And it's kind of what you're talking yeah. about right now, right? Where they're going to take a, yeah. a rating exam and then I think it was like A2P or something like that. Um, are they going to yeah. do it after that, right? So 
man, that's that's yeah. huge right there. That that's that's a huge thing, mm-hmm. and it's way different. So, uh, most definitely, man. I, I oh my god! Like that, Listen, though. you guys think. So do I. And, th- and think about how, man, it's been way too long since I joined the Navy, but um, I used to do PARs. Did you guys ever do PARs? Any of you? Not me. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, well, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Did. So, not me. We can't even compare. You can't even compare it, right? Um, and, the, and the amount of thought that is consistently going into the advancement process and different ways we can advance sailors and assign sailors. Um, and promote sailors, obviously, is advanced. Um, it, it, there's a lot of thought going into it. So whatever we have now, um, it will continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. And I just want to continue my thought that I, I say it on a lot of pods and I don't want to say it uh, while we're, I don't want to not say it while we having this conversation. I just want to continue yeah. my thought that technical expertise should run parallel in, in some places with advancement at some point. Um, yeah. And that's big. So I'm glad. Hey, you- let me... Damo, let me ask you this question, right? And this is where this comes in. If a commanding officer is going to determine who gets advanced on their ship and that sailor is going to take that next pay grade on the same ship as the CO, mm-hmm. that's when you will see uh, uh, the right amount of emphasis on technical expertise because a commanding officer does not want to make an HT3, an HT2, mm-hmm. who's going to stay on their ship unless they have the technical expertise because it would hurt that ship if they did. Mm-hmm. For sure, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I got a, I got a question, a couple questions for you, right? You okay? So you came, you're MC. You came up in yep. communications and journalism and stuff like that. Yep. Um, yep. For everybody that's listening, joined the Navy in '89. That's 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 a bit, you know, that's a bit ago. That's back. But um, my, my question is this: <laughs> as you started going into like higher positions of leadership and stuff like that, because you've been around the block yeah. in a sense. Anybody yeah. ever try to make you feel use your rate against you? Like, hey, you're like, because the MC is not, you know, like you, you already know what I'm saying. So, anybody ever try to use your I know rate exactly against you? What you're saying? Uh, you <laughs> know, my first job was the CMC of uh, USS Milius, mm-hmm. a DDG. I walked aboard that ship, and the day that I reported as CMC was the first day I'd ever been on a destroyer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I don't think it would be. I don't think it would make any sense for them not to use that against me. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would make any sense for a fire controlman to look at me and say, just because I'm the CMC of this ship, I know as much about Aegis as he does or she does. Right. Um, So I don't know if they held it against me, but I think they were justifiably skeptical Mm -hmm. of my ability to lead on a platform on which I'd never served. So how do you overcome that? Um, Man, I requalified with E3s on ESWAS. Okay. I friggin' went to my chief's mess and I said, guess what? I can teach you how to be a good chief, but I don't know shit about being a destroyerman. So I expect you to teach me about that, right? Mm. Um, so when you come from a rating that is not common to a platform, I think it all depends on the attitude that you take when you get there. If I had gone to a, a destroyer and said, I have 51% and you know that's my chair, nobody else sit there, and this is <laughs> this is my policy based on zero experience here, I don't think it would have worked out, right? Um, so it, you better have some humility if you come from a rating that you've never served. A lot of people would tell you if they know me that I don't have much humility, but in that case, I did. Um, and, and so, uh, because I had to, man, I had to. And so, yeah. did they use it against me? I've been picked on for being a journalist my whole life, but then guess what they're doing the next day? 
asking me to look at their eval form to make sure it's written well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it's mm-hmm. back and forth, right? Yeah. You you got any journalism um, projects out there that's like still visible for us to not like written, but maybe some recorded videos or anything? I don't think I have recorded videos. No, I don't do that. Okay. I read some, I read some stuff. What do you get? Yeah. What'd you read? I, it was a, it was a recently, I just read like, as we were like, I read some stuff about leaders, like LPOs becoming chiefs. I just read like yeah. something about that. Just re- like just this morning or something like that, as I'm trying to take yeah. care of my newborn. Uh, I thought it was, uh-huh. it was an article. It was like an article or something like that. So um, question for yeah. you is this. What are your thoughts yeah. on how, like, as a journalist, a, a journalism major and stuff like that, and we got things coming out like these podcasts and um, different Facebook pages and different uh, media yep. personalities. What are your thoughts on how the Navy is communicating with this diverse group of sellers we have? We got young sellers that's yes. on TikTok. We got old sellers that's on Facebook, LinkedIn, and places like that. Yes. So just like, what's your thoughts on just how we getting this information out there? Is there anything on the horizon? Anything we could do better? Are we yeah. doing good? Yeah. Um, I'm 55 years old. Okay. Uh, when I joined the Navy, obviously there was no email, there was no internet communication was what your chief told you and what was in the plan of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And numbered letters from home. Um, if it is not up to me to ask the youngest generation of sailor to conform to my experience. Mm, Okay. It is not up to me to demand that they change their perspective based on mine because I am a chief or a master chief. It is up to me. If I choose to stay in this Navy, which I have, it is up to me to adapt and conform to the generation of sailor that I'm expected to lead. And if I can't do that, it's time for me to get out of the Navy, go back to Facebook and be a retired chief bitching to everybody. Yeah about the current Navy. Okay. (laughs) But I have chosen to stay and therefore I am willing to accept that the, the generation that is coming in now is not only different than I was, but better than I was in a lot of respects. They are more inquisitive. They're smarter. Um, they have initiative in ways that I never had. Um, and I, I would serve with any of them anytime, but it's up to me to, Except that that their their means of uh, getting information is influencers on social media, like you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is up to me to accept the fact that that their means of communication is social media and whatever else. Yeah. Um, who who am I to denigrate that? And who am I to say because you know they're different than I was growing up that I'm any better than they were? Um, I'm not on board with that. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I'm, I find it very, I, look, I have a lot of fun being around younger sailors, uh, because, um, I find it highly amusing how different they are than me, but also I'm a dad, you know, and I'm a dad of young adults. So I'd better, I'd better learn from them. I'll tell you, you got, do I have time? You got time. You got time. Okay. So check this mm-hmm. out. So I went to, when I went to the command master chief school in, uh, at Newport, right before I took my first job on Milius. Don't ask, don't tell had just been repealed. And, um, and I, I will tell you that in my class, this was 2013 in my class. Um, the majority of us, if we had to identify one problem, when we got to our first commands, we believed it would be uh, straight and homosexual sailors living and working together. None of us having grown up in the Navy mm-hmm. or grown up period could envision 
a circumstance or a culture where that could happen effectively. Okay. We just didn't see it mm-hmm. happening. So I went to my first ship, Milius, and when you report, like all of us do, you you know, you check in and for a, a, a command master chief, yeah, I get a series of briefs from different departments and organizations and all that telling me about what they do on the ship. And I looked at the schedule on a Monday and I saw that on Wednesday, I was going to be briefed by the glass chapter president, glass, Gulfa, Lima, Alpha, Sierra, Sierra, all caps. And so um, Wednesday comes around and I literally had no idea what glass stood for. And I'm in my office and FC2 Ann Foster comes in and she says, CMC, I'm the uh, glass, ca- glass chapter president. And I said, awesome. What is glass? And she said, well, it's the gay, lesbian and supporting sailors um, chapter of USS Milius. Mm-hmm. And I must have had something on my face, right? Because she said, I know what you're thinking. And I said, tell me, what am I thinking? And she goes, you're thinking, okay, here we go. And I said, all right. Tell me what glass is, mm-hmm. because that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> not because of any bias, not because of any, any feelings I had, just because those conversations that I had back in school about whether or not this would work. This, I knew the time had come where I had to, to, to grapple with it. Right. Mm-hmm. She said, how many people do you think we have in our Milius glass chapter? And I said, I don't know. And I don't remember what she said, but it was something like 35. Right. And that's, you know, we're talking about a DDG with a crew of about 260 at the time, 280 maybe, right? And I said, okay, 35 people. And she said, how many people of those 35 members do you think fall into the supporting sailor part of that acronym? In other words, not gay, but supporting sailor. And I said, I don't know, seven, eight. She goes, how about 28? So think about that. Okay. So think about that. Uh, These problems that I envisioned. Um, 28 of a 35 member glass chapter that is the supporting sailors for gay and lesbian sailors, 28 of them Mm -hmm. are straight. Okay. So that set the path for me. Uh, three years on Milius, never once did I see a problem related to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did Mm -hmm. I see CSs fighting in the galley every single day? Because that's what CSs do. Yes. Fight each other in the galley. (laughs) Okay. But not because of their sexuality. Right. Mm -hmm. I I was about a month into my tour and I went home and my daughter, Maddie was probably 17 then. And uh, I was talking to her about this and I said, it's crazy. They, they, they're gay people serving openly and with straight people. We don't have any problems. Mm -hmm. And she said, dad, you are a dumbass." She said, dad, you're a dumbass. And that was the first, but not the last time she's called me a dumbass. And I said, um, I said, why Madeline? Am I a dumbass today? She said, because that's our generation. We don't care. Yeah. We literally do mm-hmm. not care. Um, what I saw on a destroyer and what I saw from this generation, this generation that I'm talking about, this younger generation, they don't give a single shit about what your sexuality is. Mm-hmm. They don't give a single shit about your race, your religion, you know, um, or where you come from or any of the demographics that old people like to point to as problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know what a sailor cares about? A sailor cares whether or not the person working hard enough, working next to them is working hard enough for both of them to go on Liberty on time. Yeah. That's what a sailor cares about, right? A sailor cares about whether, you know, they can fight a fire next to them, right? A sailor cares about everything that a sailor should care about to include Liberty. Um, But the other stuff, they don't care. They just don't. And so mm-hmm. all these problems that we envisioned, they're not happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are not happening. So 
That, that's my take on that generation. Yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, well, just while you at it, like shout out to Ann Guyman, who she's she was the young seller who started Glass. She went to DC. Um, she was yeah. she was she let we we interviewed her a while ago. Um, so shout out to her because she still support us and listen. Um, couple more questions before before you get up out of here. Um, yeah. boards are coming up. Board season is coming up. Yeah. All the boards about to happen. I was there last year. I sat the Chiefs board. It was a blackout. Um, rough time in Millington. It was a I rough remember. time in Millington for me. <laughs> yep. It was a great time in Memphis. So I had a great fucking time. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah you did. You yeah. went down to Tunica for a while, didn't you? I yeah. had a great time, man. So much, so much barbecue. <laughs> it got crazy, yeah. man. I think that, that I, I was pescatarian before I went to Memphis. Things kind of changed. <laughs> Things changed after I that. that. You know? I got good fish here, man. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely was a good time, and. Um, is it any thoughts before these for this board? Uh, so you know, I'm up, I'm up, I'm I'm gonna be what two two things this year because I'm my name is in the hat for CMC this year and my name is in the hat for okay. Master Chief this year. But just any advice to anybody are things that people should think about kind of going into this board season. I know that's a yeah, you know we have board video. No, it's okay. We have, you know we have videos out there that that demonstrate um mm-hmm. the uh, how the boards work right. Uh, I would, yep. I, I'm going to give you some standard advice. Uh, take care of your record. Mm-hmm. Nobody's more responsible for your record than you are. Okay. Number two, um, you know, if you're going up for senior chief, you're going up for master chief, or if you're going up for chief, I, I want to see that you're leading. Okay. I want to see the impact that you have. And, and let's talk about an example like education. Okay. Let's say, uh, Damo, you've got a master's degree. Okay, let's pretend that you do. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you do, congratulations. Let's pretend you do, though. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that shows up in your record, and I'm evaluating your record, right? Um, I'm going to say, okay, good for you. But then I'm going to look, and I want to see in your evals whether or not your sailors are getting their educations, too. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if I see that you have a master's degree and your sailors aren't getting their degrees, I have this picture of you. In your work center at 1300 working on college courses while your sailors are not developing. So I think it's nice that you have your degree. Um, I think it's great if you have your degree and you have pushed your sailors to get theirs. Mm-hmm. I need to see that you are defining your success through theirs. Okay. So if there is one bit of advice that I have for anybody going up for the next pay grade, it would be, um, you know, show me that you're successful. You're a rating expert. Show me that um, the command values you as a leader, but show me that your sailors are succeeding, right? Um, and something else. You got any collateral duties there, Damo? I don't have any collateral duties yet because I just, well, matter of fact, yes. I, I just got a name. I, I just got fat, but I, like, I don't know what's okay. going to happen with fat now okay. with the OSTC. I know. But I just got fat. <laughs> How about this? How about this? Name me a, a primary collateral duty. On a ship, for instance, okay? All right, DAPA. Let's use that, okay? If you have DAPA listed as your collateral duty, that's fine. But if you don't have something in the write-up that shows me the impact you had on that command as DAPA, Mm -hmm. then that's going to hurt you, okay? It's not that you have the collateral duty. It's what you do to make your people better with the collateral duty. You know, what training, what education have you given to your sailors? What what is the reduction in alcohol-related incidents due to your impact as DAPA? Okay? Yeah. Show me that. So don't just show me a collateral duty. Show me that you have taken that collateral duty and actually used it. If you're the CFL, I better see that your numbers have gotten better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, it's just that that's a big one for me is collateral duties and what you do with them. Mm-hmm. All right. So I got, I got three more quick ones. Uh, favorite duty station. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, yesterday was a pretty good day. Mm. Yesterday was a pretty good day. When we got that DGM released, um, that was a pretty damn good day. So right now, I'd mm-hmm. say the opportunity for impact uh, at this job qualifies it as one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but it is hard to beat going out topside on a DDG during an unrep and seeing every single sailor on that ship, you know, participating. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so the culture on a destroyer uh, that will stick with me for a long time. So I, I mean, yeah, DDG life. I, I'll say my favorite is probably Milius. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it was pretty fun being a ship's company master chief on Carl Vinson too. Not being the CMC, just being a ship's company master chief. Oh. That was pretty fun. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we talked um, about it. We, we, floating. <laughs> that's the life right there. I had a kick-ass senior chief working for me, and she was doing everything. Yeah. And I'm just walking around messing with people, yeah. man. Yeah. It was that was fun. Yeah. Just looking for first year chiefs. That's hey, all no. I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's confirmed, John. I talked about it on the pod. Yeah. It's confirmed. I'm you telling did. you, man. You I'm did. telling you. That, that's the shit right there. So is is PBR paying you? PBR? Yeah. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Pabst Blue Ribbon. Okay. I'm, God, I don't have one in with me, but I got a hat back there. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple stories about Pabst Blue Ribbon. Number one, my dad drank it when I was growing up, so I used to steal it from him. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's number one. And, I, and so, but I kind of, I kind of left PBR behind for a while. But then I was working for Mick Pond Rick West mm-hmm. when he was Mick Pond, and he and I. We're at a Sailor of the Year event in D.C., okay? And we're sitting under these tents, and this was the big Sailor of the Year event. And we're sitting under these tents, and one of the people sitting under a tent with us was the NEX beer buyer. And he said to Mick Pound West, he said, uh, I see you're drinking a Coors Light. Is that, uh, is that the kind of beer that you drink? And Mick Pond West um, said, he won't mind it. He said, F, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. But you don't sell PBRs in your mini-marts, mm-hmm. right? And this guy... <laughs> This was a, like, this was like a Wednesday. By the following Tuesday, every mini mart in the Navy had Paps Blue Ribbon in it. Okay. It is, it is the most impressive display of power I've ever seen in my life. So again, PBR came back into my life then. Mm-hmm. Now I will ask you what I ask every first year, every chief select every year. Okay. Um, what year was Paps Blue Ribbon named America's finest beer? 1893. 18 MFN 93. Okay. Yeah, so you tell cool. me, you tell me that's a coincidence. All right. So if that's not the official beer of the Chiefs mess, I don't know what is. Uh, this is my last one for you, man. That was great. That's my last one. It's, right. it's tough. And you, you told me not to touch on it. So I'm going to leave it alone. Let's do it. But what's your Super Bowl picks this year? All right, I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl for a second. My daughter's a big Kansas City Chief fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am a truly, I'm a huge sports fan. Number one, I'm a huge fan of all teams from Detroit. Number two, um, Sunday broke my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, that was a problem for me. Um, but I'm doing better. Yeah. Uh, but my daughter's a big Chief fan, so 
I, I believe that Green Bay and Detroit expose San Francisco. I do. Um, I think Kansas City is going to beat them. And let me talk to you about Taylor Swift for a second. Okay. Um, number one. Didn't see that one coming. Get us yeah, number one. This is what's going to get us canceled. <laughs> I, have, I have a seven-year-old granddaughter. Okay. Mm. Seven-year-old granddaughter. I, get, I take her to school every day. And that's a 25-minute drive. What do you think we listen to every day for 25 minutes? Taylor Swift. Taylor You're Swift. darn right. Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> I will admit to you right now, I don't mind her music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is the girlfriend of an athlete who happens to play football. She happens to attend his games. Why does that bother me as a football fan? Why should it bother me as a football fan? Because I'll tell you something. It doesn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. Not one bit. It doesn't take away from my enjoyment of it as an NFL fan. Okay. If they want to show Taylor Swift, they're not, they're not breaking away to Taylor Swift during the middle of, you know, an off tackle run. That's not happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hurting nobody that people are making a big deal about that. And I find it to be pretty laughable, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so on behalf of my daughter, on behalf of my granddaughter, um, and on behalf of all Swifties across the world, I am choosing Kansas City <laughs> to defeat San Francisco yeah. in the Super Bowl. So Damon is a Niners fan, right? And, and, I, yes. and I want I, 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 I want to see Mahomes lose, but I just can't bet yeah. against Mahomes. I just I just I wouldn't can't either. bet against I wouldn't that either. guy. I wouldn't either. I would, but I'll tell you what, man, more power to San Francisco. Um, not many teams can come back from a 24 to seven deficit at halftime of a championship game. And they did it. So, and that's not because they earned it. They, they earned it. I blame no one. San Francisco played great. We did not. So more power to them. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. I just want to add to the Taylor Swift thing, man. Like the, the Taylor Swift thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only way I know people get upset about it, but you got to shut old Kelsey down. That's the only time they show her when yeah. you make a big play. <laughs> yeah, they show her. So hey, yeah. you shut him down. Yeah, that's you ain't right. Got to worry about Don't let him her. get twelve catches. You're not going to see Taylor yeah. Swift. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. Hey, I am teach with you. you. Hey. And I'm sorry, but just a second. And I'm sorry if I'm Baltimore and I have Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in in football. He's all over Taylor, or not Taylor Swift, probably that, but he's all over Travis Kelsey, okay? I mean, come on. I was just sitting here reflecting on how awesome it is, and I guess this is a shout out to us and and also to Bill for coming on, but how awesome it is just to see him just in his authentic self. Like, as a junior sailor, we don't, I don't remember ever being able to see that, especially like, you know, a, a force master chief, a mid pond, you know, folks who are that are making the decisions and putting out these nav admins. I never got to see anything like that. And for them to be able to listen to you talk about your favorite beer and your your kids um, taking your granddaughter to school in the morning um seeing how you do family every day it's it's i think it's it's such a big thing and and i'm i'm appreciative that you can, you're coming on and you're not just you know being the robot and you know Man, trying I, to be all politically correct tisha let me tell you something tisha um i've been a chief for 24 years okay when we become chief petty officers we start out being lathered up about being chiefs right 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we look for simple stuff. We look for white t-shirts leaving the quarter deck and we look for unshined boots and, and haircuts and whatever. And it's because it's JV chief stuff when we're young. Um, as you stay in the mess longer, as you guys figured out, you start to turn your eye away from the junior sailors and the simple mistakes. And you start to look toward, um, our fellow chiefs and how well they're leading those junior sailors, right? Um, mm-hmm. and it just becomes a bit more fun to be able to interact with those junior sailors and have them not be scared of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. It is just, honestly, it's just more fun. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, it's a heck of a lot more fun being a chief petty officer if I can laugh with a sailor than, than yell at a sailor. You know, and, right. and people who knew me 20 years ago would say, who the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's not, <laughs> that's not the way I was. Yeah. But if I can give any advice to any leader, it's to learn to have fun with our young people um, earlier, you know, mm-hmm. um, and learn to be empathetic and learn to be a good person, man. Learn to be a good person and lead that way earlier than I did because it took me way too long. Um, mm. And, and the people who served with me at my, at my first couple commands would attest to that. I, I promise you they would. Um, so just so being your authentic self, hey, right or wrong, you know, this is who I am. And 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 we need to have we, we need to have conversations about our Navy to keep our Navy strong, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's been your big influential um, people that's like kind of shaped your leadership. Like if you were to like sit back and you're like, you're in a situation, you're like, what would blank do in this situation? Like, do you have any of those folks? And who um, are they? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, my first department head on USS Kitty Hawk back in 1996 or seven was a Lieutenant by the name of Andy Barlow. Mm-hmm. And um, I, he called me into his office one day and he said, Hey, I need the addresses of everybody in the, de- in the department, the, the home addresses of the parents of everybody in the department. I'm like, okay, why? And he goes, just get them. I'm like, yes, sir. So I went and got everybody's addresses for their parents. Um, and I took them to him and he said, thanks. And then this was like halfway to, I mean, you know, somewhere halfway through deployment or whatever. It was like November. Um, I went into his office that night at like 2200 and he had a stack of letters on his desk and he had written a handwritten note to the parents of every sailor who worked for them. Number one, wishing them happy or Merry Christmas, Mm. but also telling them how amazing their son or daughter was. Can you imagine a better Christmas present for a parent than getting a letter from the person leading your son or daughter telling them that they're a great person? Mm. Not that they're necessarily a great sailor, but that they're just great people. And thank you for Mm -hmm. raising them so well. You know, that's number one. Um, I I had the great fortune of working for two McPons, um, Joe Campa and Rick West. Mm Um, and you couldn't find two more different guys, but also two guys that had a profound impact on me. Um, Joe Campa had the highest standards of anybody I've ever met in my life. And the last thing in the world you wanted to do was disappoint that guy. And I did it consistently, but he made me better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he did. And he that bar was so high. And, and you just wanted to get there every day, right? Rick West is who taught me to have fun with sailors. 
So mm. do you do you remember the video? I'm on a boat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Remember that? You remember the spoof, the Navy spoof, right? <laughs> so I, I was working. If you haven't, look it up, right? So there was a spoof on that song where a sailors on a DDG uh, made a music video to that song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 2011 or something like that. I was in my office yeah. working for Mick Bond West. <laughs> Somebody sent it to me and I looked at it. I'm like, oh, oh, this won't do. This will not stand at all. And I went down to Mick Pond's office and I said, Mick Pond, look what they're doing on this destroyer. This is unacceptable. There's no military bearing. There's no blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mick Pond, you got to put a stop to this. He's like, when, when he said, have you ever been to sea? That's what he said to me. Have you ever been to sea? I'm like, yes. He goes, then how come you don't understand that they're just having fun? Why don't you want them to have fun? I'm like, mm-hmm. you're the Mick Pond. Okay. And so the next day, the next day, he and I are driving somewhere from DC. And uh, and we were driving the Govey, and uh, he always drove. And uh, so he, no, yeah, he always drove. So he was driving. He goes, hey, reach in the glove box. And I did. And back then it was a CD, a homemade CD that he had made. Mm-hmm. And um, and he goes, we're going to listen to this on the way there. And it was about an hour drive. And I put it in, and it was that damn song, I'm on a boat, yeah. right? <laughs> and and he, he looked at me, and he goes, that's on a loop. Oh, We're going to listen to this shit. for a full hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, oh, so you learn something from everybody, but Rick West, I mean, he just taught us to have, he taught us it's okay to have fun, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it is. It's okay in our job to have fun. So whether mm-hmm. or not we do is up to us, but it's okay if we do. Yeah. Well, hey, we, I can't let you go, especially after saying that without asking you this question. What's next? Like, yep. what's next for you after all? You got 34 years in, right? That's a long, long time. Like, so what's next after this? Chilling? I'm going to finish doing this job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to finish doing this job, man. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I can tell you this. My energy for being a sailor and my energy for being a chief petty officer, um, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Yeah. And, and if they find mm-hmm. another job for me after this, I'll take it. As long as it's a job that I can have impact. Yeah. Um, and then if they don't, then man, my golf handicap is about 16 and I'll try to get that thing as low as I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I, just from me to you, I, I don't have any more questions, but from me to you, I appreciate you stopping by, uh, checking us out a uh, big deal for me, uh, just for our podcast mm-hmm. to just be able to get to places is, is, is starting to go. But thanks for coming. Check yeah. us out. T says she has smoke. Bill pulled up on us. You know what I mean? So that's the trick for you, you know? So, but I, I definitely, no problem. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you stopping by and checking us out. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, well, good luck to you guys. And I appreciate what you're doing too. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Our sailors are, are not going to read an article that I place somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're going to listen to you. They're going to listen to you. And uh, the sooner that we, all of us, understand that that is the means of communication for them, um, and that's the means of getting our messages out there, um, we'll be better off. So thanks for what you guys are doing. And good luck to all of you, both of you guys who are active. And Tisha, good luck to you, Joker. And whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing, okay. And stop oh, telling you, people that you. I need to retire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Stay with. Right. Stay with it. We need you. All right, all right. I'll see you guys. Okay. Bye, bye. bye. Teach. Looking good. Yeah. Teach. Looking good. What, what you got going oh, thank on? You, thank you. You know, I'm um, taking a little trip. Yeah. 
taking a little trip. I'm going to Vegas. Uh-huh. Mm. How's the weather in Cali, though? It's raining. Uh-huh. Cats and dogs again. Shitty, shitty, um, shitty. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping my flight is delayed. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, it don't get delayed, delayed or canceled mm-hmm. because I have a whole suitcase over here full of my best gear. Yeah. You're going out there for a night, right? A day? Two nights? Two days? Two days. Uh, or two, three days, two nights. Yeah. You know, how much clothes you pack? How much clothes you I have two suitcases. Damn. Shit. Man. Two suitcases. Yeah, you know you it know? ain't small, Lisa. I guarantee you Because you know you have, you have, you gotta have your clothes to walk on the, on the um, strip. You gotta have your during the day clothes or like if you're gonna go hit a show or something mm-hmm. um we're going to Cirque du Soleil and then like some type of magic show thing so I don't want to wear street clothes yeah mm. which also consider have heels in it with the the show clothes and then you can't wear those clothes to the club yeah because mm. that's a whole that's that's a whole different Thing right there, so you gotta have three outfits per day. Mm-hmm. Mm. This a date? So can, I, can we say? Can I say that on the pause? This a date? Uh, is, is keep... it, huh? Who that? Okay, all right. Who that called right. my name? If, was, if this was a date, if this was a date, I would just say that. Yo, dudes be trying to like, yo, why are we acting like we want to go to certain day so late? Like, 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 none of us, we do anything for ladies, man. Like, we know damn well we ain't yeah, going to no certain day so late with the fellas, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gonna go see the blind group. Hey, <laughs> I hope he finds some QT you know, time some, in. Some guys actually, yeah. Some guys do like Cirque du Soleil. Um, I went to Canada, yeah. Um, with someone, and he really liked Cirque. Du, like everywhere he goes, he go to Cirque du Soleil. And I went, and it was like bomb. Yeah. I was like, oh dang, this is this is this is bomb. Hey, the, the, so. the sad thing is, like, I'm I'm kind of in that group. Like, I, like I wanted to see Wicked. Like I did. Like, like, like I wanted to see the play. <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's like The Wizard of Oz, but it's a sequel. Like, I wanted to see that shit. Right. And I'm looking forward see? to the movie coming out. <laughs> like, yeah, like so. so see? Yeah, so I'm in y'all that. just use us as an excuse. Yeah, yeah that's what you got to do. Like, look, I got the baby now. My daughter. You know how much I'm gonna get off when she get old enough? Like I've been wanted to see Frozen. I've been wanted to see Frozen. I, mean, I never saw Frozen. I'm about to go watch it now. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Hey, so we started off. I know y'all just if you listening to us, you know we might have some damn Force Master Chiefs or whoever listening to us just because we just was talking about Force and y'all probably like damn they went from talking all this Navy stuff to talking about Cirque du Soleil and trips to Vegas. So we don't want to veer off. We don't want to veer too far off of. Uh, that kind of stuff. We only going to be here for a little bit longer. So when we did our live last week, one of the topics that came up that we wasn't even tracking, I think it was just hot, like, was that you don't need a GDR diploma to join, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be mixed reactions about this thing. I got my own reactions about it and my own thoughts about it, but I'm very interested in Tisha's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very interested in what Tisha got, especially, you know, not being in, you know what I'm saying? The retired... Uh, sellers, they get the Twitter fingers, they start going. So, I know. so what's your thoughts on it, T? You know, once upon a time, um, I probably would have like been not happy about it. Um, I probably would have felt like, you know, 
we're lowering our standards too much and, and all of that stuff. Um, and I saw, you know, comments like that. But what made me um, kind of change my mind about that, I saw Jay Bell, um, shout out to Jay Bell. He uh, posted that um, he actually didn't have his GED, if I'm not mistaken, when he came in um, and kind of like told his story. And I was just like, you know, it kind of like made me kind of sit back and like really think about it. Like, you know what? Like just because someone doesn't have a GED or um, they don't have a high school diploma, like you never know the circumstances that they grew up in. And the it doesn't matter what that circumstance was. What really matters is what they do when they come in. And those are the ones that have the most grit. They have the most motivation because they come from, you know, a situation that wasn't the best. They weren't spoon fed anything. They're not a stranger to hard work. Um, and so that kind of really changed my perspective. I was like, dang, you know what? That's true. Um, I think that it's not a bad idea. I don't think that we're lowering our standards too much um, because once they get in, they still have to perform. Um, also, on top of that, I would say that my opinion is um, the Navy is very desperate for people and kind of going back to how we talk about taking care of our people. I feel like if we did, I, I think I saw a post about it, like we had it just taking care of the people that we had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then would we be in this situation that we're in now? I know that we've had um, different programs. What was it? Perform to Serve that kicked out a lot of good people, yeah. a lot of good people, a lot of talented people just based off of a numbers game and, you know, billets and all of that stuff. So it's like, dang it, like, we we've got really gotten rid of so many good people and now here we are struggling and and we're in a different time now than when we were back then and so now recruitment is harder like we really didn't take we um took for granted the talent that we had in instead of just like saying okay i know our nutrition like we have too many people but let's just hold on to that because we don't know what tomorrow brings now we're in tomorrow and we struggling mm -hmm. Yeah, oh I mean, God. yeah. On to you, Damon. <laughs> hey, so <laughs> my, my thought uh, process is that, hey, we're doing a lot of things, man, that's, that's out there about retention and recruiting, right? It's a lot of things we're doing. I mean, which one we want to pick and choose, which one we care about, which one we want to argue about, which one we want to be mad about, right? This is just another one, right? And, mm -hmm. I'm, a big, and I'm a big firm believer in and, um, the Navy has a way of weeding people out. Right. If, if, if you can have your diploma, you can have a degree. You come in the Navy. If you ain't cutting it, you can get your ass kicked out, too. Right. So yeah. I don't mm -hmm. have an I don't mm -hmm. necessarily have an issue about it. But this is the problem we have right now. And the problem is retention and recruit. That's yeah. it. Right. Think about the higher tenure thing right now, man. It's kind of like like on the back burner. We, we're now trying to, to preserve and save, you know, sailors in. Now people going past their time in. Right. We keeping people in, right? We trying to keep some of that foundation we already have, and now it's hard for us to bring people in. So guess what? We throwing money at them. We throwing different. We 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 got a lot of. It was a lot of roadblocks in there at first. Now we taking all those roadblocks away. It's because of recruiting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's because of this. It's because of that. So that's kind of my thought process behind it, man. It's just a, another thing. Now, 
I'm sure it's a lot more to this. The only thing we see is the headline, right? We don't see the, the screening right. portion of this. So I'm sure it's a lot more screening to it. I already heard, see, you got to have a 50, I think, on the ASVAB. Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming some more screenings to it also. So uh, we don't see all that. So we just see the headline now. Yeah. Right. I guess. I guess and, what's up, Tish? Oh, I was to say um, during our, um, our live, um, someone was talking about allowing sailors to get citizenship. Um, and what she was talking about, which I don't think um, we were able to kind of get into it. She, she called me later to kind of explain what she was saying. Um, so I'll just kind of throw that out there for her. But what she was saying is right now, if you have a um, green card, then you can join the Navy and you can get citizenship. However, if you're in the U.S. on a work visa, you cannot. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying that she hopes that the Navy would expand it so that if you're here on a work visa, that you can also join the Navy. So just in case, since we have the ears of people in high places, mm-hmm. <laughs> go ahead and throw that out there. I don't know how easy it is, but... uh. Just throwing that out there. We got people who are here on the green card who do want to come in um, the Navy, but they can't. Uh, I'm going to get back to the GED situation um, for a couple different reasons. Um, the first reason is, hey, I considered dropping out of high school. Like, I wasn't going to finish that shit. You know what I mean? Like, just to be mm-hmm. honest, like, I didn't care. I was about to try to pursue a career in music. You know what I mean? I had got skipped. I was in a gifted program and I don't want to talk about myself, but those were two things. I didn't care about the gifted program after I got to high school. I didn't care about that shit. I didn't care about my <laughs> grades. I didn't care about nothing. All I did was make music every single day in every single class. I did not care about high school. It wasn't nothing that I feel like high school was teaching me. Now, let me ask y'all mm-hmm. to a question. Um, the question I want to ask y'all to is this. What, what did y'all like? What's, what lessons did y'all learn from the 12 years that y'all went to school? What's the like, what y'all think is like the most valuable lessons that y'all learned? Well, to me, it wasn't a, <laughs> zero, to tell you the truth. The biggest thing. <laughs> but I will say this, though. The, yeah, Dumbo, I will say this, though. Uh, what high school did for me was like, as a family, from us, me growing up, it was six of us in the house, right? Yeah. It's, it's my oldest brother. And then it's me, which I'm the second from the, the, um, the youngest, right? Second from the youngest. And he graduated, then I graduated. Then my little sister yeah. graduated. So in between there, dang you fuck about it. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I mean? So didn't nobody and look, and they well off, they doing great for themselves the whole yeah. nine, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it just one of those things, man. Yeah. It's it's where you at, what you doing, how you do it, and all that type of stuff, man. But you you right, you spot mm-hmm. on. Um, when you really think about it, it you know, having a diploma <laughs> is is like a huge fucking deal. But once you get like Five years past fucking high school, it's like, yeah. okay, I could have knocked the ABCs out. I could have knocked ABC one, two, three out in, in two years. You know what I mean? What right. about you, Tish? Because I, I got a lot on. I got like some shit on this. What about you, Tish? What's the most valuable lesson you learned from my high school? I don't remember. Right. Um, social. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. probably the most friends, valuable lesson maybe, I yeah. learned. Is yeah. Friends, yeah, it was just a social oh, club. So not, but so not other social than that, studies, but socializing. No, okay. socializing. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> that was my social studies. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, though, like, I graduated with honors, but I mean, 
Yeah, my social life was, Mm -hmm. I was also a band nerd. I was in a marching band and we wasn't like a HBU type school. We were more of a military style marching. So boot camp was easy for me. So that was the value. That was a value from from marching band. I had marching down pat because of that. But other than that. Yeah. Now I'm going to go ahead and make another assumption, right? The other assumption I'm going to make is this, that this having a high school diploma and GED shit to be in the armed forces or the military started sometime after the military started. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm a, that's an assumption, but I, and I hope hopefully one of our knowledgeable listeners, because I ain't about yeah. to do the research. I probably should have, but I ain't know who's going to get into this conversation. Right. But I think the military probably predates the requirement to have that shit. The reason why right. I think that is because our country wasn't founded on a bunch of people being educated through high school right. diplomas and GEDs. Right. It was founded on Black History Month. Slavery? <laughs> Slavery right. was there, y'all. You know, yeah. Um and um, I chuckle because I know some some people don't want to hear that shit, but slavery was there. Um, <laughs> the farming system, uh, farming uh, crop, you know, share crop, like all of that type of shit is what founded our country. Mm-hmm. Everything we do, mm-hmm. the way school is set up and all of that shit has to do with farming. Right. Like has mm-hmm. to do with the seasons when you plant kids out of school in the summer. Right. Which is the best time to go plant and work on a farm and stuff like that. Most people and I know y'all both can attest to it because y'all are from the South. Most of our grandparents' parents didn't have high school diplomas anyway. Like they didn't right. like mm-hmm. a lot of them people that own land, own property, and got like and like bit off like the 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 apple of what that America is. They didn't have high school diplomas anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Facts. what are we so up in? So why are we so up in arms about this attachment that having a high school diploma mean that you got knowledge, mean that it's a different standard or some bullshit like that? In my opinion, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? What Mm -hmm. matters is that we are properly screening whoever, you know, somebody could come in with a master's degree. We still Gary Hanek, right? Serial killer, right? From Philly, supposedly super smart, right? Supposed to be like genius level IQ. I could be wrong about that, but super smart. He was in the military for a little bit. He's a fucking serial killer. Like, like, so we, you know what I mean? So we need to be properly screening people anyway. That high school diploma yeah. stuff is, but like, what are they teaching in schools? <laughs> like, like that's so standard right. setting. Hey, so Dumbo, you see how this whole thing is changing. This is the beginning of it though, bro. Look, think yeah. about it right now, right? You remember, remember, um, having your master's degree, having your bachelor's degree was like a big deal. Now yeah. they're saying experience. Experience is a big mm-hmm. deal now, right? Having a certificate is a big deal. So already, you know, having these dip- diplomas and all that stuff is already like it's going in that in that in that direction anyway. This is a part of it, man. Like this, right. that's all it is. Yeah. Bro, yeah, bro. This 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 school pack, we're gonna be smoking on a school pack soon too, y'all. Like, like right. think about this math that we was learning in school that was like 11 lines long of a problem. Like, mm-hmm. when are we executing that bullshit? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and now you got Google and you got uh all of this new, not just Google, not just Google, but you got uh like uh chat. Uh, GPT, all of these new yeah, systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. never, yeah. we're never gonna have like 
the smart people that learned all that shit, they've now built things to do all that shit. So us people that never had to learn that shit, we, that ain't, it's we not don't need coming to know. back. Like it's not, yeah. eventually it's going to be all over. We just all going to be dumb as hell and like just fucking hunting and shit like that. But for now, like we're relying on technology, like none of that shit coming back. Y'all. Right. Like formulas, right. And, and, solving for why and all that bullshit. Nobody needs it. Hey, everything that we have, have I have, well, I'm going to say me, that I've done growing up when it comes to education, I'm thinking I got it. My son asked me, hey, you know anything about blah, blah, blah? And I go in there and I'm figuring, like Dumbo said, man, it's like eight lines long. And he's like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now? He do the same thing that I didn't done in like two lines. That I didn't done yeah. in like eight to nine oh, lines man. long. I'm like, what in the hell yeah. is going on they, right they, here? They, yeah. they switched up the math. They taken, mm-hmm. they taken shit out of the curriculum. They taken mm-hmm. lessons out the curriculum, changing words, changing narratives. This school pack, it, this just me talking. People going to be mad. This school, cause, cause, cause we used to live in under the construct of whatever somebody else gives us. Right. And I don't want to turn into the conspiracy theory pod coming off the conversation with, with mm-hmm. force, but it's like this school pack is coming. And I'm glad the Navy sees it. Like, man, this shit, come on. Like people learning from YouTube. If, if I want to learn something fast, I'm going to YouTube. You know what I mean? Like you, Absolutely. you get a product, the product got like a, uh, the manufacturer, the book, the book that tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. You throw that shit in the trash. Like where, where is that on YouTube? Let me scan the QR code. Exactly. You know? And then exactly. sometimes the company might have a video. You might be like, I don't want to watch the company video. I want to watch somebody else on YouTube who had to put this shit else. together because mm-hmm. they're going to give me more game. It, the world ain't where the construct, uh, the construct of high school is like in my in my own by my standard is a measuring stick for nothing. Like in my opinion, right? If you smart right. and you come with it, then what about the kids that's like geniuses that go to Harvard at like fifteen and shit like that that didn't need high school mm-hmm. anyway? Like like that's right. not that stuff is just smoke. In my opinion, it's a smoke screen for for mm-hmm. other shit that I I just don't yeah. even really want to get into. Um, right, and and then the other thing is we have a lot of smart people with college degrees who are on the front of Navy Times. Yeah. So it's like, I think your character yeah. and like you talking about the screening and stuff like that, of course they probably would have passed the screening, but your I think your character is more important than, you know, you graduated from high school with a diploma yeah. and, or getting a GED. In college. I just hey, need good, solid hey. people. So for everybody out there that's going to try to get on us about this, I want to say this, man, is that we know why this came out. But can somebody tell us the problem with it? That's what I want to know. Somebody hit us mm-hmm. up. Let me know the problem with it, though. Because I know the why. We know why because retention and because of recruiting and all this stuff. We know the whys, right? But what's the problem? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, me personally. So, so, so just, just so we clear, none of us got a problem with this? Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I ain't got no problem either. Yo, go ahead. Let's, nope. you know, as long as we caveat, as long as we are probably screening people, which we already should have been doing, and which we already, I could see some issues um, with us in the <laughs> past. As long as we doing that, we should be good to go. So that's that. That's how we feel. Yeah. We all on the same page, y'all. Hit us up. <laughs> hit us yep. up. Comment <laughs> in the chat. Comment we in the us, chat. Man. Tell us we what's ready. going on. How you feel? We want the smoke. <laughs> we want the smoke. <laughs> so pull up. Um, this next one is be another win, in my opinion. Uh, BAH for E3 and below. I saw Mick Pond. Uh, he did all of, we talked about it a couple times already. All the top enlisted 
uh, leaders from every branch of the um, military. They went and they to the White House to, to uh, talk about um, standards of living and stuff like that. Right. And Mick Pond was there. And one of the things he shared a clip, one of the things he was talking about was E3 and below getting BAH when the ship is in availability periods. And from what I heard in the clip is that was already approved. He was thanking the lady for that. That was already a thing from what I heard in a clip. Um, so he thanked her for getting that done. Um, but then on top of that, he said he wishes that E3 and below could get BAH period. Right. Like not mm-hmm. availability. It don't matter what the duty station is and stuff like that. Right. So not even to talk about if it's already done or not. And we just did talk to force about this, but just, um, I wanted to hear y'all thoughts on like how much that would benefit our sailors and, and benefit the Navy. Mm-hmm. Man, it's huge, man. That's so, that's yeah. so, man, you know, and, I, and I'm with the, uh, I'm with the Mike Pond on this, on the, on the same level. He wish it could be like this, like all the time, man. You guys just don't know, man, like the, the things sometimes we deal with in the military, right? Going home at night when you get off work is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you, you could think about it, you know, this way, that way, man. But if we can get that BAH for these young sailors so they can have a place to go to uh, when they get off work, not on a base, not mm-hmm. nowhere, go home in their own environment and do their thing and then come back the next day. That's helping everything. That's helping so many things, man. We and then right. from 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 however you look at it, from a money standpoint or whatever we talking about you know uh, from a mental health standpoint I think that's a big deal I think that's a big mm-hmm. deal when it comes to like keeping sailors in because you got to think about it man we in a we in a, a day and age now kids need to maneuver they want to do things right mm-hmm. like you know they want to do this and do that when they can't do this and do that they they getting out the navy bro. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? They getting out. They can't when they can't do what they want to do. I just think this is giving them more options. You know, especially man, like having your own space for me though. For me personally, is a big deal, man. So I kind of I, I, I love this, man. I wish they could give it to like all sailors. They go out there and get them a place, making sure we mm-hmm. got you know money for them. And I'm I'm not trying to downside the the barracks or anything like that uh, because now they're doing stuff in you know these barracks. Sometimes it's damn near like an apartment, but I understand all that too, though. Right. But they didn't choose that though. You know what I mean? Yeah. They right. didn't choose yeah. the barracks. You know, you go in the yeah. barracks, but they didn't mm-hmm. choose that. So that's kind of my thought. Yeah. yeah. And and I think the barracks are good for transition. Like we can still use the barracks. When the sailor first reports to their duty station, they go into the barracks until they get situated and they um move off base they find they find the place maybe they have to go through financial counseling because a lot of them are just coming in that's their like first real job or first time having money teach them how to manage money teach them how to live within their means and then send them out there easy yeah and also let geo bachelors just stay let geo bachelors just live in the barracks and not have to worry about the, yep. the, I'm going to say rigmarole or whatever that word but not the rigmarole he's like I just want to live I don't want to have to go through all the right like, like it's <laughs> like geo but not every because because it's this whole thing and I think I talked about it before where people well you chose the geo badge not everybody's choosing to geo badge like I understand mm-hmm. what that means 
But understand that this means that everybody don't make a decision to leave their family, their wife and their children just off of some cowboy type shit. It was some family discussions, what's better for the family, what's worse, what might break us, what might cause a divorce, Mm -hmm. what might cause some mental health strain on us and everything like that. That's kind of factored into these decisions when people choose to geo batch. Not everybody mm-hmm. out there, like, you know, some dudes that's going over doing, the, doing these non-accompany, unaccompanies, getting that money. Like, y'all would come back. We go, had a ceremony. We go get this car. But outside of that, ain't everybody ain't doing that like that. You know what I mean? So right. we could definitely still use the barracks. For me, I think it's dope. I think it's fire. I, 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 man, we should, we should have a housing allowance. Like, we should... Ha- we should be able to live off a fucking ship. Like, like, like that's, you know, that, that is what it is. Um, E3 and below first and foremost. when they first joined the Navy, they shouldn't have to live on the boat. All right. Hey, let's talk about this captain T. So another captain, you know, another cat. And it, I feel like there'd be more, I feel like the spice be super like when the male captains, like, like, like I, I want to battle the sexist us out. Right. But when the male captains get fired, It'd be like, hey, loss of confidence. We don't know nothing. When the ladies get fired, it'd be exposés. Like, Listen, <laughs> all the secrets are out. Like, as soon as you find out, you know everything. Everything. And, and look, for the listeners, if y'all don't know, this is partially jokes right here. So this is like a joke part. But um, I- I'll say satire. But Atish, what's the T on this, man? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Dang. You don't got it ready to. Oh, here we go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know my internet slow. Okay. So, all right. So here is the T. Captain Danielle Defont. Defent. I don't know how you say it, but she was removed from command um, from the USS Lake Erie on October 12th mm-hmm. due to a loss of confidence in her ability to command, right? Like you said, that's what they always say. But then it goes a little further. It Mm. says that she cultivated a toxic work environment on the ship through a number of actions, some of which an investigator found amounted to bullying and battery under Navy regulations and military law. Okay, so you probably wonder like, all right, well, what did she do? Like, so she was routinely berating officers in front of other members of the crew and in other instances, inappropriately touch or struck subordinate officers on the bridge of the ship during operations. Mm -hmm. So um, the one in particular incident where she struck an officer um she was apparently speaking to another officer the officer of the deck not the cunning officer who responded yeah witnesses on the bridge said that she then walked over to the cunning officer grabbed him by his arm or shirt collar yoked him up pretty much and started berating him saying was i talking to you said she pulled him close she pulled yeah. She, yeah, not funny, like but uh, not funny, y'all. But yeah, she pulled them in. <laughs> not, she pulled them in, pulled them in, and said, "Was I talking to you? Um, I was talking to the OD. Don't ever interrupt me again." Yeah. Um, and he was nearly the well. The officer was left nearly in tears, and it talks about another incident where she was um, belittling and humiliating another officer, and you know, leaving them in tears as well. So, yeah. um, where she smacked a female officer on the collarbone. So, yeah, she told her pay just, attention, huh? 
Yeah, it like it, it's crazy um because it's like it didn't just like she didn't just get this way. Like when you get to the point where you're putting your hands on people, that means I feel that it's been going on and it escalated to that point. Yeah. Um she's been berating people and belittling people and blasting them in front of other sailors um for a long time. And she just elevated it, you know, so I guess you start commanding the ship and it's just like you know I don't know if she couldn't handle the pressure or what but she looked like she was flipping out and, and that's crazy so was she that's crazy that you would treat your 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 sailors that way especially your your officers like those as a CEO like you are supposed to be like training young officers you are who they're looking up to be yeah was she was and, she standing on business she was standing on all the business that she, she was had. standing a little and bit too she, much. Too much that on the business. That ain't it. That ain't it. That. And, and look, now the Navy gonna be standing on maybe, business yeah, with her ass. Standing on business <laughs> on her ass. So hey, so I got a, I got a little story about this man. Right. Oh, what, 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 I'm like I'm, I'm like I'm like I'm like the insider. You know what I mean? Like the insider. Mm. You know what I mean? Information or whatever. Right. Give so, us the real tea. So I got this article before. Right. I got this article, not this one per se, but somebody mm-hmm. sent this sent this to me, and they said in a, in a in a big group we in right, and somebody said in that group, "Who surprised?" Right. So I've been on this ship before, and I did inspections on this ship before, right, a couple of different times, and this is the environment, bro. People's talking yeah. about mm. it, like talking. This is this is talked about, you know what I mean, on a, on a, on a, a little bit. So I don't want to get into details. I don't know where it's at right now, but this is most definitely uh, was talked about being like a hostile environment. But I'm talking about in this group, though, it was the first thing they said and they're like, who's surprised? So yeah. that lets you know right now on where people stand on this. Did you, mm-hmm. did you feel the hostility? Like, did you, like, just walking on the ship, was it a different air? Well, it was a different air, yes, but Man, if we in 2023-24, man, people talking, man. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like like it's 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 on the deck plates. Like like I ain't gonna say fear, but you know what I mean? People know if they ain't doing what they need to be doing, something can happen. You know what I mean? Type type yeah. stuff. So, you know what I mean? And that makes it hard, man. That makes it hard to communicate. It makes it hard to be transparent. That makes it hard, you know what I mean? It's a lot yeah. of things we have to as as senior leadership anyway that we have to go talk to certain people for. That makes it hard, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, that man. Makes it, mm-hmm. That makes it hard. <laughs> live work, last minute live work. <laughs> you messed up the chip. <laughs> I gotta go talk to the mm-hmm. captain, and I know she put hands on people. Like, right, you know? and I know where those tears come from. Like so, sometimes those tears could come from embarrassment, and sometimes those tears could come from shame. It's other times where Angry. those tears. Yeah, that, and I was gonna say, it's other times where those tears could come from me being a young man raised by a, a woman who taught me our man, whatever, who taught me to never put my hands on a woman, never disrespect women's and, and women in that light. And then you get slapped up by, you know, your captain and you, you know, all that emotion you got to reserve. And that's not just women, that's anybody, right? Like, especially in the mm-hmm. military, we put these uniforms on, we're not supposed to touch, you know, that's blue right. and blue, you know? So your right. frustration could be like, damn, I'm, and as a man though, if a, if a lady hit me and I know like, it's a different barrier of protection that a woman got because she is a woman. Like a dude, mm-hmm. you some dudes might get hit and forget everything they learned about, you know, the Navy. They might not even remember yeah. that they in a uniform, you know, they might hit back. Right. So uh, it, it's a lot of frustration there, man, especially from, you know, 
officers, shout out to the Jopa, shout out to the Jopa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I learned a lot about the Jopa in my day, but um, I mean, hopefully justice is justice is served, man. <laughs> right. Served cold. This shit is crazy. Like, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. we laugh, we joke about some of this stuff, but it's like that type of like just abusing your power thing and all of that stuff. Um, it's crazy. And I always wonder, like, what started that for this person? Like, was this mm-hmm, person yeah. just like that? Or were they influenced by a captain before them or something right. else? Or was it like a chief who never reeled them in as an officer? Like what, like what went yeah. wrong, you know, in the upbringing of this captain? Right. You know? Yeah. I've, I've actually, so I've actually worked with a captain before and a lot of people did not like her style of leadership. Um, and she would be one that would bring junior officers to tears because she would um, correct them very sternly. Um, and from getting to know the commanding officer or from getting to know the captain, um, she said that as she, when she was coming up, um, the captains were like tough with her. They didn't, they didn't spare anything for them. Um, you know, the group that she was in, like, she was just like, they used to hand it to us. And I think that she thought that like, oh, okay, that worked for me. So let me do the same with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for a lot of people that I think that is it. And they, they just kind of look at how the Navy that they came up in and they think that because they're successful, that it works. And that's not always the case. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this generation, because let me tell you about these, uh, what do you, what are they, millennials? What is it? Gen Z? Mm-hmm. Gen Z? Gen Z will haul off and pop your ass back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they are like, listen, they'll take that damn Chevron off and whoop your captain ass. Yeah. <laughs> so they want all the smoke. All of yeah. it. So you gotta, you gotta watch, you know, thinking that the Navy that you grew up in is the same Navy that everybody grew up in. Yeah. Because if she was in a different space or with a different officer, it could have turned out a whole lot different. Or even with an enlisted. I don't think she would have done with yeah. an enlisted though. I don't think she would try that. Hey, I told y'all, did I, did I ever tell you on this pod, David, that like, <laughs> we was, I think I probably did tell a story, but we was doing a run. I, was, I think I was going through season. It was even my first year as a chief or I was actually going through season. And we was running with the CMC. Uh, like one of the CMCs from the command we was at or San Diego. So we was running out along the uh, the water, like out there downtown, right where the uh, Midway is. And we singing the cadences and this, it was like this homeless dude, you know, he was loud. He started getting loud. Like, you know, like homeless just, talk, just, like whatever the shit yeah, he was yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And so the CMC <laughs> told him to chill. The CMC was like, hey, Calm down. And he was like, motherfucker, I will whoop your fucking ass out there. I'll beat your ass out there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> she got real, boy. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> CMC had to just, hey guys, guys, like, let's Let keep going, it. dog. Like, yo, don't yo, yo, yo know these people out here, dog. Like, yo, know these people out here. That's what they brought yeah, up. Yo, yo, <laughs> these, it ain't no counseling shits for my man. Like, yo, know these people. He nah. don't care about that, that shit, man. Yeah. Like, but yeah, yeah I, sure. I just thought that. I just thought that was funny, man. Hey, so yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm encouraging any junior sailors to strike senior leadership or anybody for that matter. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, okay. man, let's get in it. So, um, Mill Mama on the Run, shout out to her TikTok. She she added us on one of her posts because she said she couldn't really. She 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 was answering the seller, but she was like, I think that this would be a question more fitting to some actual chiefs. And she know we do a podcast and we chiefs and stuff like that. So a seller asked her about evals. And the, and the question was kind of, hey, I asked my chief for some advice on how to get better with the eval. And he took me to the 5.0 blocks and just read them verbatim. And that was it. <laughs> that, was, that was it. You know what I mean? So I wanted to know from y'all. First of all, the, my first question is, is that an effective form of training your young seller on evals? No. Nah. No. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> no. I mean, Th- that's nah. one of those situations where he don't really know what to say. So, oh, let me just, uh, let's just go 5.0 on that. <laughs> Come on now. Well, Dumbo, when I look at it, <laughs> when I look at it, when, hey, when I when I look at it and I think about how it, and I don't know, you know, everything in this situation, I'm a, I'm gonna assume it's it's more to this story, but I don't know. I'm, oh, you I'm, think the seller I'm, was I'm gonna hope, you think the- I'm I'm gonna hope it was more to the story, man, because ain't no way a sailor <laughs> asking me about evals, and I'm just gonna put pull out the five point block, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I've been in Navy for a while. You ain't finding too many five zero sailors anyway. You know what I mean? So right now, now you talking about a, if you talking about an eval with a standard, or you talking about writing an eval, or what you really talking about? But I don't understand how you can start it by just reading the block of five That's not teaching anybody anything, right? When it comes to like the eval, now it's telling you what you're trying to strive for or whatever. I guess you know what I mean. That's what it's doing. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I don't understand where it's going with this. I, I need a little bit more information, but. For any leadership out there, especially, you know, <laughs> that ain't how we train. That's not how we do things, especially when it comes to junior sailor, which right now <laughs> seems like this sailor don't know anything about evals. They trying to learn. They trying to yeah. learn how to, right. about evals and you go straight to the 5.0 block. <laughs> yeah. That's when we he start that and you're going to read crazy. it. Yeah. He said, let me tell you something. Your professional knowledge, right? This your technical <laughs> knowledge and practical application. You need to be a recognized expert. Sort out uh, all for <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> what they're saying for technical knowledge. Uh, you need to use your knowledge to solve complex technical problems and you need to meet advancement PQS requirements early and with distinction. That's what you Listen, need to do. Listen, he, he gave the chat GPT answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he said, let me tell you about quality of work. <laughs> you need to need no supervision. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, right, hey, uh, let's get into you. <laughs> Double, and, and hit him, hit him with that. Everything you, you know is right here. It's right here. Just read it. Just read it. Just read this. Make matters worse. He probably ain't even get the eval, bro. Go grab me an eval. <laughs> Go grab an eval right. for me. I'm bring it to me, shit. and we're gonna talk. I'm about gonna break it. it. I'm gonna break it down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, and you know he said, go grab me one because he needed time to think. <laughs> by the time the sailor came back, that's all he had. My man went back to the mess. <laughs> Somebody was like, hey, what's up? What you been, what you been up to? And training these settlers on Eva House. <laughs> <laughs> that shit don't make no damn sense, man. We gotta oh do God. better, though. We gotta do yeah, better, man. That's, that ain't no training. That's definitely a do better. Yeah, whoever the, yeah, whoever the, that was. That's permission yeah. to speak that's freely, do better. Do, that's our, yeah. all our yeah. do better right there, man. Let's do better. And I've went Please. to that block before, because, you know, explaining it, but never just... That's it. it. You know, boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like a whole, that's like reading yeah. PowerPoint in my opinion. You wasting your time. Right. And seller probably yeah. wondering like how I get from where I'm at to where you, yeah. where do you think that I, like it's way more than, <laughs> my man was tone deaf. Man, that's it, y'all. That's it. We, you know, we came, we talked a little bit. You know what I mean? We talked a little bit. First episode, um, after 100, you know, we back in the 100s. Um, it's Black History Month, y'all. We always yeah, find a way yeah. to not have black guests on Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> if, I kill, if, I, if I kill another bug mid-pod, man, it's going to seem like I got an infestation going on over here. But it's, it's Maryland, man. These bugs find a way to get into this damn house, man. Mm. But y'all look, man, I'm on baby duty. I'm super tired. Um, uh, you know, uh, we're just... With the baby, she 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 changing. Whenever she doze off, Saint barks. Saint's more active because he's not getting as much attention as he was before. Mm. So he's more active, and he's less active. Like it, he's less stimulated. So like this mm. dude barking now, shit four blocks away, he barking. Like I'm like, what's out there? Mm. Looking at the ring, ain't nothing out there. So he going crazy is because he want attention. You know, little does he know every time he bark, he wake her up, and he don't get the attention he want. Shit like that. So mm. that's kind of what I'm going through. You know, um, I do want to shout out whoever took the time to listen to us today. I appreciate you and uh, appreciate all the support, man. Most definitely, man. Shouts yeah. out to everybody, man. Shouts out to the Force Master Chief, Bill Houlihan, which was on the pod with us today, man. Uh, shouts out to him. Um, hey, man. Mississippi. Stand up. I'm back Stand with up. you guys, man. Holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs>